Hey, e-commerce friend, today's episode is a replay of one of our most popular episodes. And even if you listen to it the first time, I encourage you to listen to it again, because it's likely your business has evolved a lot since then, and there might be something that's more relevant to you right now, or you might just hear it differently. So don't go away, listen through, let's get into it. Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today about email automation. This is how you make money on autopilot. And this is basically a continuation of my previous episode where we talked about my badass email marketing framework. And the B in that stands for behavior automation. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you go back and listen to it because it will set the stage for what we're going to talk about today and everything sort of ties together. I separated them just because I didn't want the episode to be really long. Before we get into it, let's define what behavior automation is. These are emails that trigger based on the behaviors and actions that your customers take on your website. This can be viewing products, adding to the cart, starting checkout, and even leaving your website. And my favorite thing about email automations is that they're mostly set it and forget it. And I say mostly because you still have to go back and check their performance and make tweaks and adjustments as you see more data and collect more data from them because maybe something in your business has changed or the customer journey has changed. So you can't just like forget about them forever but you don't want to make knee-jerk reactions to them either. Let them collect some data and how long you have to collect data for really depends on how many people are running in them. You at least want 100 people to go through any one email before you determine whether or not it's successful. Otherwise, it's really just not statistically relevant. So today we're going to dive deep into each of the behavior automations that you want to have in your email marketing program. And we're going to talk about the emails that are in them, what kind of content you want to include, what the expectation for those are, and everything in between. And I'm super excited to share this with you because I know the power of email automation. And it's one of the things that I love about email marketing overall. So first, let's start with the welcome series. It's the first email that you should set up. And at a minimum, if you have nothing else, you should have a welcome series so that when someone signs up to your email list, they know they're actually signed up. 
in any email and in any automation, you should always start out with what your goal is. So as an e-commerce store, your welcome series has two main goals, to create a relationship with your customer and to get them to buy. Remember that the first purchase is the hardest one to get. So if you can convert them right after they've signed up for your list, that's a huge win. Don't be afraid of giving a discount at this step. It can be small, like 10%. It's just to get them comfortable with taking the plunge and buying from you. Constant sales and promos are more likely to train your customers to wait for sales than a welcome discount. So don't be afraid about that. Here's how I generally lay out a welcome series. The first email delivers the discount and I'll always put an expiration date on it because you need that sense of urgency. Whatever date you put on it or whatever the time frame is, make sure it makes sense with your typical path to purchase. If you sell mattresses, three days isn't going to be long enough to make a purchasing decision. Whereas clothing is generally more of an impulse buy, depending upon the price point, of course. So think about your customer, your product, and what makes sense for your specific situation. The second email should be about you and or the company, depending upon how much of yourself you're putting into your brand. Make sure it's still valuable for them. So whatever messaging you put in there, let them know that you give a shit about them as a customer and telling them your why behind what you do will accomplish not only explaining to them who you are so they feel more comfortable buying from you, but also explaining how that's actually a benefit to them. Once you've wined and dined them a little bit with those first two emails, you guys are getting to know each other now. Now you can actually ask them for something. And the first thing you're going to do is ask them to update their email preferences. You also want to position this by what It's what is in it for them. And in this case, it's so that you can send them better and more relevant emails instead of just spamming their inbox with a million things that are irrelevant to them. If you offer a birthday discount or you're thinking about doing this, that's add the birthday to the manage preferences. And I would use that in your subject line to get them to even open. So just saying like, hey, want a birthday treat? update your email preferences, tell me when your birthday is, etc. Something along those lines. So those are those first three. And once they've gotten those, if they still haven't made a purchase, I'll send a discount reminder and just say like, hey, don't forget your discount. It's about to expire. Give them you know, however many days are left, etc. And then include an invitation for them to reach out to you if they need help. Because for every, you know, one person that does reach out to you through your customer service email or your online chat, there's probably 30 others who just don't unless you give them that invitation and tell them it's okay. Once you do that, what happens after that is really dependent on your business. If you do have a longer path to purchase or if you're a one product store, You can use the welcome series to send out evergreen content over a longer period of time so you don't have to worry about setting up campaigns to stay in touch with your customers. For instance, I have a client who created a waterproof enclosure for your car to protect your vehicle during a flood. 
once someone purchases this, they're really not going to need another one of them for a while. And plus it has like a shelf life of five years or something like that. But you still want to stay top of mind so that when they come across someone who might need your product, they still remember you and may mention it to someone else or share it with their friends. So the avenue we went was to build out a long welcome series that included evergreen content about preparedness for natural disasters, what to do after you experience one, things like that. So it can seem like, wow, I really don't have all that much to say. But if you go back to the add value piece and your brainstorm of what you could talk about, maybe instead of worrying about, oh, every week I need to set up a campaign or every month, you could just stick it in your welcome series and you know everyone's going to get it. If you want to get really fancy and if you have a big list, you can even split the content they receive based on what they told you in their managed preference and center. Don't worry if that feels overwhelming or like too much. You know, if you're just getting really started digging into your email marketing, that's not super important, but it is something that you can do as you start to grow. Okay, let's talk about browse abandonment and checkout abandonment. And I'm putting these together because I want to be able to explain the difference. And I'm really using Klaviyo terminology here. So if you are on Shopify... Um, and you hook up Klaviyo, the checkout abandonment doesn't really get registered unless they hit the button that says start checkout. And on Shopify, that's when they put their email address in and all of that stuff. And they check the box to say, hey, I want to be on your email list. Browse abandonment, on the other hand, will catch them before they even add anything to their cart. So if it's someone who was already on your list and comes to your website and is looking at a product, but they don't take any action on it, Klaviyo will still register that and be able to send them an email to say, hey, I think you were checking this out. You know, here's a little reminder to bring them back to the website to look at it. The checkout They've already added to their car and started checkout and they were going through that process. So those people are further down the funnel and closer to buy. So let's go back to browse abandonment really quick. One thing to note about this is the code to track viewing product is not automatically installed between the Klaviyo and Shopify integration. I do believe it's automatic for like big commerce um, and WooCommerce, but you can just reach out to Klaviyo support and they can help you get this set up. It's really not that hard. So that will allow you to send those browse abandonment emails. And like I said, it will only work for people who are already on your list because they haven't taken any action. They didn't start checkout. So if you don't already have their email, Klaviyo won't have their email. That I usually just do one email and I'll do it two hours from when they viewed the product because I want to make sure if they do end up starting checkout that the checkout abandonment gets prioritized over the browse abandonment. For the checkout abandonment, I generally do three email series here. The first one is just a reminder Hey, you left this in your cart. I'm sure you've received these from other companies before. Super simple, no discount needed. Some people really do just get distracted. Feel free to add some personality into this if it's right for your brand and your voice. You still want to make it an email that they enjoy receiving. The second one 
I will generally split based on the value of the cart. So if they have already hit the free shipping threshold, I will remind them, hey, you have free shipping. And then the other people who haven't hit that mark, you can either offer them free shipping or it's just a second reminder. The third email is where I will put the discount. And this will really depend on the business. If you are a one product store, it's probably just one email with one discount. If you're a boutique or you sell a wide assortment of product where people have the opportunity to add a bunch of items to their cart and you have a wide range of average order values between customers, maybe you split that up based on how much they are spending. So the higher the cart value, the higher the discount you might want to offer because that sale is going to be worth more for you. The other thing is you're going to want to put conditions on these emails so they're not getting them every time. So in Klaviyo, there's a really easy way to say, don't send this to anyone who has been in this flow in the last X number of days. I usually do 30 or 60 days, kind of depending. And then you might even want to limit that third discount email only to first-time customers, right? Because you don't want to train people to just wait to abandon their car and always get that discount email. Okay, one more note about the car abandonment. A lot of people ask when you should send the first car abandonment email, and I will do it an hour after they abandoned checkout. It's long enough to not be obnoxious, right? If they literally just like got up to, I don't know, tend to their kid and were planning on coming back, but not so long that they've completely forgotten about you. So I say, start with an hour, test it out, see how it does. Okay, let's dive into the post-purchase email. And this is not your order confirmation. That is something separate that will be sent by your e-commerce platform if you're on Shopify, Big Commerce, etc. This is additional communication with the customer about your product because just because you made the sale doesn't mean your job is done. The goal of the post-purchase email series is to give the customer whatever additional information they might need to make sure that they have the best possible experience with your product. This is especially important if it's something that's more complicated to use and we can use that car flood protection as an example. So her post-purchase email links them to a how-to video showing them how to set it up and how easy it is to use on your own, etc. And what you do for yours is just going to depend. I'll give you another client example. She has a multiple product subscription box. And so each of those needed a little bit of different information on how to use and stuff like that. But We didn't want to split them up into different emails because some people do buy all three. Klaviyo has this really cool feature called dynamic blocks. And what it lets you do is sections in your email, you can tell it to only show to specific people based on criteria, either from their profile or from the event that you're triggering off of. So in this case, the purchase event obviously recorded what items they bought. So if in that purchase, they bought product A, they saw block A, 
Same thing for BC, etc. It's a little bit more advanced, but it's the easiest way to do it. You could, if you were afraid of that tech, you could also just split your flow, or maybe you are just sending them to some more general basic information. It's totally going to depend on your business. And it will take a little bit of research and effort on your part to get that right. This is also a great time to invite people to come and follow you on your social channels, to share the product, all that sort of stuff as well. Think about what you would say to a customer as they were checking out in an actual retail store. How would you want to follow up with them? What do they need to know to come and give you a positive review after receiving and using your product. That's really the goal of the post-purchase. One other tidbit here is just like we talked about on the welcome series, how you could extend it with evergreen content to stay in touch with your customers without extra work on your part. You can do this in the post-purchase too. I would choose maybe one or the other or make sure that the content is different enough, right? Because maybe for the welcome series, you are educating them about why your product matters and about things that are related to your product. Whereas after the post-purchase, now you're talking to them about how they can incorporate that product into their life, what other products you have that are complementary to that things like that. So like I said, all of this is going to take effort on your part to really brain dump and research and think it through because it's not a one size fits all because your customers are not on the same. It just depends on your business. So we've got two more of the basic automations to go. Hope you're still with me here. Let's talk about a never purchased series. And this is something I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Admittedly, this is not going to be a huge revenue driver for you, but it's going to pick up a few extra bucks along the way and a few extra bucks, never really a bad thing. So people who have never purchased, these are people who sign up to your email list, go through your welcome series. Maybe they even poke around your website. 30 60-ish days go by. It's going to depend on your business and path to purchase and all that. But 30 to 60 days go by and they still haven't placed their first order. I will send this group of people a specific special email for them and usually put an offer in it because if they haven't purchased at this point, there's you know a ton of reasons why. But having that incentive always helps, right? If someone is hesitant about trying something new and I'm like this, maybe you're this way too. If you're a little unsure about something, they send you a discount and you're like, okay, that kind of lowers the risk. And so I'm more likely to take the plunge. You'll also want to include whatever other value propositions you have and why they should buy from you. So maybe it's that you offer free shipping on everything or you do have a low shipping threshold. You have easy returns and exchanges. You want to talk about that stuff, by the way, all the time, right? And just because you have it posted on your website doesn't mean anybody is reading it. 
Just because you put it in every email doesn't mean everyone is reading it. But in the never purchase series is where you want to kind of amp up that messaging. Give everything you've got to trying to get that sale because truth is, if at this point they don't buy from you, it's pretty unlikely that they will. And not everyone on your list is going to buy from you. That's just the way it is. So do what you can to get as many of them to take the plunge. This one can be, you know, one to three emails. Maybe the first one is inviting them. Come shop. Here's a discount on my value props. The second one can be a little bit less salesy. And then the third one can be a reminder of the discount. I will also always put an expiration on this and I make this one even shorter than the welcome. So if my welcome is 14 days, I'll make this seven. If my welcome is seven days, I'll make this one three. You really want to put that sense of urgency and that fire under their ass. The last one is your lapsed purchaser. So this is someone who has made a purchase from you, but they haven't been back in a while. So the time frame that you set this up at completely dependent on your business. If I know that my customer shops with me every three months, then at like the 96th day mark, maybe the 100th day, something like that is when I'm going to have this lapsed purchaser email trigger. And you can decide what's right for you in your business. Maybe the first one is just a, hey, how are you? Reminder, this is what you've missed while you've been gone. You can talk to them about new arrivals. Try and make it as specific to their previous purchase as possible. This is really easy to do in Klaviyo with their automated algorithm. If you want to offer a discount, you can do it in the first email. You can do it in the second email. Play with this one, do whatever you're comfortable with, and then see what works and maybe even test out, you know, you can do a test for the first email, one with a discount, one without a discount. Of course, the discount is going to perform better, but maybe it's not performing better enough to justify the margin that you're giving away. So you just got to put it up and see what happens. If you're using Klaviyo, there is a special feature to help you do this. And it's called the predicted date of next order. Now, depending upon the size, it's not the size of your list, it's the number of orders you've had. So depending upon how many orders you have, you may or may not see this option. I do not know what the threshold is off the top of my head, but I will get the answer and put it in the show notes for you. But if you have that, if you have enough orders, Clavio built an algorithm based on all of your customers, all of the data and each individual customer, et cetera, how often they come back and when they are expected to come back and make another purchase. So you can set it up based on that date and it will be unique to each person. If they don't have enough data on that individual user, then they will just use like the general average. Now, there are a lot of people who use this successfully. I was at a 
Clavio workshop where they walked through the data, went through some case studies. They talked about the algorithm, all the testing that they did before they released it and how accurate they found it to be. I have used it without success. My standard 90-day lapsed purchaser generates more revenue for me, so I switched back to that. But I did test it for about three months. But I had many weeks of zero, zero, zero. So I changed it back. So if you have enough orders, I suggest try the feature and see maybe it will work better for you, but you won't know until you try. Okay, so let's go back and recap all of these quickly. And I'm going to have a cheat sheet for you with all of this kind of laid out what the goal of each email is, the goal of each series, a general idea of what emails should be included in that, etc. So the link to download that will be in the show notes, or you can go to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash zero three, and it'll be there for you to download. Okay, so you have your welcome series. This is the most important one. So if you have no other automation, make sure you get that one set up. Even if it's just one email, you just don't want someone to sign up and get nothing until you start bombarding them with campaigns. That's very awkward. Then you also want to do a cart or checkout abandonment. The platform that you're using will dictate this on Shopify. It's checkout abandonment. And then if you have a browse abandonment option, and if you're using Shopify and Klaviyo um, or any platform with Klaviyo, then you have browse abandonment. You have your post purchase. This is where you are giving your customer whatever information they need to have a good experience with your product. So they come back and give you a good review. You have your lapsed purchaser. So someone who has made a purchase with you, but hasn't been back in a while. And then you're never purchased. The people who signed up for your email, 30 to 60 days go by. They still haven't purchased from you. So you want to send them another email. Now, there's a lot more that you can do with email marketing automation. This is the baseline. So if you do nothing advanced, but you want to do more than just the welcome, these are the ones you want to start with. I will talk more about email automations and different things that you can do in other episodes of this podcast. Um, but this is really the beginning foundation. Get it set up. Let it run. Let at least 100 people go through each email, evaluate, test, tweak, etc. Most of your email marketing platforms, and Klaviyo definitely does this, you can test subject lines, content, all in your automations as well. You have to test here just like you do in your regular campaigns. I'm going to leave you with that today. Thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you found value in this. I hope you get your booty into your email marketing program right now and set that stuff up. And until next time, my friend, see you on the flip side. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.